You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We're going through a series called Selfless. Everybody says Selfless. Today, we're going to talk about something else, and it's called compassion. Speaking of compassion, you know, I've, I'm just reminded uh, last year we had a chance to uh, practice compassion with my family and my kids as we were, you know, driving along Commerce Avenue. You know Commerce Avenue, right? Going to town center, right? And, you know, we ha- the kids saw actually an old man walking, and he was like, you know, exhausted, tired, and it seemed like he's going to collapse, so while we were driving up, he was kind of going up as well on the other side of the street. So the kid said, you know, Dad, you got, you got to stop for this man. Because this guy, is, it seems like he's going to fall. Para siyang atakihin. Have you ever seen a, a, a man that's about to, you know, have a heart attack? It's, it's that kind of a scenario. So we did, you know, we, kids had compassion with, with, with the guy. So we went there, we drove up, and then we took a U-turn. And we saw, we saw this, uh, this old guy. And uh, true enough, at least in the nick of time, we were able to uh, not save him, but at least talk to him. And he rested, and we asked him what was wrong. And he says, you know, he's sick. And he was actually there in Ayala Alabang. Uh, he couldn't enter Ayala Alabang because his, uh, I think his, his son works in a construction site somewhere in Ayala Alabang. To cut the long story short, we helped the guy. Okay? We, in fact, asked a tricycle driver to drive him to the nearest hospital. So the day was done. Uh, we were happy. Uh, we said the, the kids were happy. You know how it is. You know, you know you're happy. You've, you've done something good. How many of you are happy when you do something good? All right. Praise God. But guess what? A few, a few months later, we saw the same guy. The same man walking the same street, doing the same thing. And... <laughs> And we saw him, and I said, did we help that guy? Yeah, Dad, uh, look, he's, he's at it again. So I realized that, you know, uh, he was kind of fooling around the first time. And how many of you have experienced, you know, being fooled by someone? Fooled you of your kindness? How many of you have, have uh, you know, ako lang ba yon? I got fooled, all right. But how many of you have experienced that? You know, uh, people took advantage of your kindness. How many of you, you know, okay lang, come on, lift it up. There's a lot of us. I think most of us have experienced that, right? One way or another, somebody did that to you, right? In fact, I, I, I remember my, my, my friend, you know, he, he said, you know, my, my mom's at the hospital, etc., etc., and he needed financial help. I said, okay, I'm going to help you. So I helped him out and... There was no mom in the hospital. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. I don't know for what reason it is, but I always get, you know, get duped. Praise God, you know, the curse has been lifted. Amen. So, wala na yon, no? But how many of us have really stopped, you know, because of our many, many bad experiences, how many of us have already stopped being kind? Right? I mean, think about that. Sometimes you don't even know if this is real. Marami mga scams, Right? There's so many scams, you know, uh, helping people, etc., etc., but the reality is they just want to help themselves. And because of those many, many experiences that we've had, it affected how we looked at being kind to people and being uh, caring to people or being compassionate to people. You know what I'm talking about? You understand, right? And it's kind of hard nowadays, and especially as a Christian, it's kind of hard, you know, 
uh, doing that. In fact, sometimes we forget about compassion, right? Uh, we want to help, but you just look at it. You watch the television, you see a, a disaster like the one, the one we've just had in Surigao, and you know, parang kawawa naman, you know, we have that, we have that feeling, but okay lang, after that, you turn off the TV, it's gone, right? Are you still here? Yeah, okay, I have a question. Basically, here's my question. As Christians, should we stop showing compassion simply because of evil in the world? I want you to pause and think about that. As Christians, should we stop showing compassion simply because of evil in the world? Think about that. Or, it's this question. As Christians, shouldn't we show more compassion because of evil in the world? So which is which? The first or the latter? The latter, all right. Okay, we're going to discover that today. We're going to talk about what is compassion, all right? So if you're ready, I want you to stand on your feet and open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 10. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that you are here with us. Your presence is with us. Lord, would you open our hearts and our minds. Lord, we ask God that through your scripture, we will understand, Lord, the depth of your compassion. Help us to know this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about compassion, okay? Um, what is the meaning of compassion? If you research in, in the dictionary, it simply means this, okay? It means uh, sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. Um, if you want a simpler definition, it's simply this one. It, it means to suffer together. You know, one of our one of our um, leaders here, actually, he's one of our worship leaders. His name is Cholo, and if you know Cholo Seva, uh, I don't know if you know him, but from the music team, I think they know Cholo. And Cholo's gone with the Lord, and uh, during his times, basically, he had, a, he had a cancer, and he had to go through many, many chemotherapies. And you know how it is, they have to shave your head, and, you know, so it's basically that that uh that picture and his wife jaja because of her her compassion and love for for cholo what she did she actually also shaved off her head and i remember that she'd post that because you know showing how much she she would suffer together with cholo and see that's that's compassion and you know compassion really goes goes really uh beyond it's it's to suffer together okay um you know, among emotion researchers, they said that compassion is defined as this. It is the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering and you are f motivated to relieve that suffering. 
It's a big difference between empathy or altruism. It's kind of different, all right? Compassion is quite different. If you're talking about empathy, empathy is simply this, okay? It is the ability to take the perspective of and feel the emotions of another person. You're trying to be in the shoes of that person. Kind of like that. That's em- empathy, right? Right. Well, compassion is different. Compassion is when those feelings and thoughts include the desire to help. Are you still here? If there's a desire to help, altruism in turn is a selfless behavior. Often it is prompted by compassion, but not all the time. Okay? So it's not really compassion. Compassion is more than that. There is a proverbial saying that says, people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. You all know this? In other words, when you talk about compassion, compassion is really action. There has to be an action when it comes to compassion. It's not enough for us to empathize or feel pity about the person, but it actually motivates you to go do something about it. Okay, So that's, that's compassion. It has to move you to action. But here's a hard truth, okay? Here's a hard truth. Any human effort, okay, any human effort to do, to do good will always be what? Limited. No matter what you want, no matter what you do, no matter who person that may be, you can do all the good things, the good works in life, but it all will always end up limited. How many of you know that? <laughs> it's limited. You want to help people, you don't have the finance, it's limited. Right? You can't. Sometimes you also get tired of showing kindness. Kind of like, you know, my situation, you know, when people dupe you for a lot of things, I want them to mulong kasi ilumbes ka ng niloko. Ilumbes ng patay na loloko, di ba? You all know what I'm talking about, right? But here's the thing. Unless, everybody say unless. Unless we understand the compassion of God. Unless we truly understand the compassion of God, all our human effort to do good will be nothing. It will be limited. It will be, in fact, um, worthless. Why is that? We need to understand this and dig into our scripture. Let's go back to our verse. It says in verse 4 of chapter 2, it says there, but God. Everybody say, but God. But God being what? Rich in mercy. I like the word, I like the word mercy. And the Bible says that God is rich in mercy. Mercy in Greek is eleo. Everybody say eleo. Eleo means it's, uh, it's the idea of helping someone out of pity for them. It reflects an action. Everybody say again, action. There is an action that comes from a tender heart. So that's the meaning of mercy. So in other words, mercy is actually compassion. So when you look at the verse, it says, but God being rich in mercy, what you're also saying is that, but God being rich in compassion. That's who our God is. When you hear the word that God is rich, that means it is beyond our imagination. I mean, if you think the person or, you know, the people living in Alabang or probably the, in Forbes are the richest person in the world, guess what? It, you know, no, no, you're, you're just talking about the little thing. But you're talking about God, and here's a God who is rich in mercy. He's rich in compassion. What it means is that God is rich, you know, He's unlimited or limitless. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's a God we have. The Bible says that this God is rich in mercy. He's rich in compassion. 
the source of all compassion really comes from God. You see, all of us, we have a bit of compassion simply because it's something that God already put there in our hearts. But if you understand the real compassion that God has, it's rich, it's vast, it's beyond understanding. That's the compassion of God. And the thing is, you, you ask yourself this question, you know, what does really, uh, what motivates God or what moves God to have this kind of compassion? All right, what motivates God's compassion? Some people are motivated to have compassion simply because, you know, they want to feel good about it. Right? I mean, we, we feel good about it. When we help people, we feel good about it, right? There are some people who would just like do these things because they want to get the credit. You know, especially so that the cementing of this road or, the, you know, is brought to you by. It's kind of like that, right? You know what I'm saying? Because they want to be known. But what motivates our God? Is it really to show off? What motivates our God? And it's really found the same verse. In, in the same verse, it says there, because of what? Great love with which He loved us. God is moved to show kindness to us because of His great love. And this great love, alright, it's not a one-time thing. Sometimes when you look at the, the great love of God, it's the love that God gave on the cross, which is true, right? We've sung that many times. Sometimes we look at the, the, the great love of God as when you, when you got saved, when you received this favor. No, no, no. The great love is so great, so vast, so amazing that this love is, is something that you experience on a day-to-day -day basis. If you're not experiencing the love of God on a day-to-day -day basis, then there's something wrong. Are you still here? You see, the love of God is so great. His compassion now is motivated by this great, great love. Nobody can understand it. Romans 8.39, in fact, says, Nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from this love. Can you imagine that? Nothing. If you are a child of God, how many children of God do we have here tonight? Come on, come on. That's you and me, right? Nothing can separate that love. The great, the vastness of His love, nothing can separate us from His love. How about that? And that's the compassion of God. It's an amazing thing, amen. In other words, if you want to know what true compassion is, it's all about experiencing this great love of God. Not a one-time thing, because it's a daily thing that you can experience the love of God. Amen. Which leads me actually to my first point. This great love is what we call the good news. That's the good news. The good news, of course, there is no good news if there is no bad news. Right? I mean, how can you have a good news if there's no bad news? <laughs> and unless we see the bad news, we will not appreciate this good news. Alright? You've been loved by God. How many of you have been loved by God? Can I see again? There, all of us. Alright. Alright, that's good. That's the good news. But here's the bad news. Okay? And we need to understand this because you cannot appreciate the good news unless you understand the bad news. Are you ready for this? All right. In the same chapter, okay, in the, in the first verses, verses 1 to 5, we're going to discover the bad news. All right. Paul wrote this to Ephesians. In fact, not just only to Ephesian church, 
but I believe He speaks to us even today. So in other words, this good news has to have some rationality, right? Why did God give us His great love anyway? What was this compassion all about, right? Let's look at the first verse. In chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, and this is what Paul wrote. He says, and you were dead. Everybody say, you were dead. Not, you are dead, okay? You were. You were dead, okay? You can turn to your neighbor and say, you were dead. Dead of what? You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. We were dead in our sins, in our trespasses. In other words, all of us, our, our course is the course to destruction. No matter, no matter how you put it, no matter how much you justify your life today, kahit ano pang gawin natin, we justify to God, no, I'm, I've done these things. Guess what? All of us have sinned against God. I say this time and time again because this is really the major issue. The issue of all of us is this. We are in sin. We have sinned. And we were dead in the sin. Following what? The course of this world. The course of this world really is going to destruction. And they don't know that. But we know that. Amen. You know that, right? Because after this life on earth, there's going to be eternal death. We have physical death, right? We all know that we cannot live forever, right? But there's going to be eternal death. And this is what the bad news is. All of us, we were once dead, but no longer dead, okay? We'll find out why. We follow the course of this world, and then the course of this course leads us to eternal damnation. That's what it is. Let's continue. Verse 3 says there, Among whom we all once lived in the passions of what? Our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. All of us. The rest of mankind, that's all of us. Okay? That's who we are. And this is, this is our track record. Okay? If God were to look at your, your, your track record, this is your track record. We gave in to our passions of the flesh. We carried the desires of our body and the mind. And by nature, by nature, we are children of wrath, meaning extreme anger. There is an extreme anger against us when it comes to what we have done in the past. That is the bad news. Okay? Truth is, we are better off dead. Annihilated. Taken out of the face of the world or the earth. Buti na lang, siguro, because of all of these, these things that we have done, all the sins, buti na lang ginawa ni Lord, ching, psh, we just disappear. Right? Because that's our destination. That's who we were. And then comes the good news. You all like the good news, right? So Paul writes this message talking about all that we have done in the past. We were once like this. And then he pauses. He says in verse 4, which you read a while ago, he says, But God. Think about that. There was no hope for us. You and me, there was really no hope. Why? 
Because all of us were selfish people. Now think about this. I mean, just think about this. What if the whole world today, the, the, the earth that we are living on today, today, all of us were all selfish? Think about it. What kind of world this would be if we all thought of ourselves? Self-preservation. Everything is mine. Think about that. And that's the kind of world we actually were living in. And then God says, but God. There's a sigh of relief from Paul when he was writing this, but God. Thank you, God, you came. Thank you, God, that you saved us. Do you, do you realize that without Christianity, without Jesus dying on the cross, all of us will not be here? Because during those days, even before Christ, it was all for himself. People were against each other. You know why we have hospitals today? It's because of Christianity. You realize that, that it's because of Jesus Christ, who, the healer, that we have hospitals today. Think about this as well. How about our schools and universities? There was no school or universities way back in the time of Jesus. But Christianity brought in that. Businesses today, trading, Realized trading before was to help, to give, to serve. And Christianity brought that. Think about that. If it were not for Jesus, many of us would not be staying here enjoying worship. There's probably total chaos. There's probably total you know, anarchy because all to himself. That's why Paul wrote, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which... What? He loved us. Despite all our sins, God being rich in mercy, being rich in this compassion, because of His unselfish love, He chooses now to love us and show us His compassion. How? How? Guess what? In the next verse, He says, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us Alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Even when we were dead in our sins, Jesus, our God, made us alive. Can you imagine that? He gives us a life. He made us alive in Christ Jesus our Lord, who, by the grace of God, chooses to show this wonderful unimaginable compassion, this mercy that He has. Instead of us being punished, okay? We deserve punishment, right? But because of this compassion, which is His mercy, He doesn't punish us. He holds the punishment. He holds the punishment and He releases a grace that is beyond, beyond our comprehension. How can a God how can He forgive me? For all the sins that I have committed, how can He forgive me? But the Bible says, even when you were dead, all of us, in our sin, our trespass, He made us alive in Christ. See, the greatest compassion ever was really displayed on this picture. It's called the cross. 
John 3.16, our favorite verse. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. See, the greatest evidence of God's compassion was shown on the cross. But there's more. There's more. Do you realize what, what you have in Christ? It's amazing. This compassion that God gave us, it's just really amazing. There's more. He did not just save us, but He also forgave us. Matthew 18, verse 27, and this is, this is basically the parable of the unmerciful servant. Remember this? The unmerciful servant went to the Lord and asked for forgiveness. What did the master do? He says, his master had what? Shout it out. Compassion. His master had compassion on him. What happened? Forgave his debt and released him. See, when you owe somebody, when you owe somebody, you just cannot sleep. All right? If you are in debt, it's kind of hard sleeping, okay? I've, I've been in debt once. Okay, so it's kind of hard sleeping because you owe somebody. But what if that person releases you, forgives you? You don't need to pay this anymore. You owe about probably 10 million pesos. I don't know, probably 20 million pesos. Para mas malaki. And then suddenly he says, um, it's okay. Don't pay me back. I forgive you. I'm releasing you from that. See, God's compassion, if you need to understand the compassion of God, He does not only save us from eternal destruction, but He also forgives us and releases us from our debt. We have a debt to God. All of us have a debt to God because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. You all know what I'm talking about, right? So this is how God's compassion works. It works in the past, okay? It also works in the present. It will also work in the future. That's the compassion of God. So if you're getting compassion, this is compassion. If you want to find out what true compassion is all about, this is true compassion. Past, present, and future. Think about that. That's the compassion our God has. He forgives our past, releases us from all our debts. And in verse 6 of Ephesians chapter 2, he says, and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So He deals with our past, forgives our past, right? And then what happens? In the present, He gives us our position, our identity. We are now in Christ where He is seated in the heavenly places. Of course, we're not there physically yet, but understand that He is now our priest. Okay? He is what we call the sympathetic priest. He sympathizes. There's so much compassion. He's there in heaven trying to mediate you and me before His Father. That's what's happened. That's a picture. Okay? But in the present, we are now in Christ. Amen. So in verse 7, he says, So that in the coming age... He might show the what? The immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So you're talking about the past that He forgave, right? And then you know now your position in Christ in the present, but in the future, okay, this compassion works even in our future. God's compassion that touched our lives has a purpose after all. His purpose is to showcase His immeasurable riches of His grace 
in kindness towards us to a, a future generation. In other words, the coming age. Okay? It can be in eternity, but we are ready of the coming age. Think about that. This was written 2,000 years ago, and we are beneficiary of this immeasurable richness of His grace. That's what we have in Christ. That's the compassion we receive. Jesus was looking towards the future for all of us. Generations and generations and generations, your generation will be blessed. Isn't that amazing? That's the kind of compassion that God gives. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time thing. You could be compassionate to somebody and help that person one time. But God chooses to do this in the past, in the present, and even the future. That's the kind of compassion that we have in God. That's the good news. Everybody say good news. Are you understanding this? You got to get this. This is the good news. We have received this compassion, this immeasurable compassion that we have today. That's why it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the result of works, so that no one may boast. This compassion really showed us this gift called grace. Grace is something that we do not deserve. Mercy, mercy is kind of like, you know, we should have deserved it, but because of His mercy, He didn't give that punishment for us. But the grace, you really don't deserve this, but He gives it anyway. So think about that. That's the compassion of God. It's between the mercy and the grace. Unimaginable, right? You'd probably help somebody and give him something, and that's it. But you're talking about God, who is rich in mercy, <laughs> rich in compassion. This is who He is. Gives you the past, erases the past, gives you the present, and talks about the future for you. Isn't that amazing? I don't know. I don't know where you're going to get that kind of compassion, but only from God. Amen? That's who He is. Which leads me actually to my second point. Okay, this is good news. Jesus did not stop right there, okay? Actually, there's more. <laughs> Jesus didn't just forgive us. He didn't save us for nothing. He saved us for a reason. He saved us because there is something that He wants us to fulfill. And it's called this. My point number two, good works. The Bible says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you know what, what workmanship is? Workmanship, okay, which translate, um, the, the Greek word is poema, or poemar, or kind of like poem. Okay? The idea of this is a beautiful poem. You are being made today, today. Right? Today, you are being made into a beautiful workmanship. It's like a poem. Ever heard of a poem? It's a poem. Okay? In other words, God's love is this kind of transforming love that is working inside of us even today. Okay? It is teaching us to do what is right, to show the love of God. And we are now being made differently. Why? Because now we are in Christ. And that's the amazing thing. If you are in Christ today, okay, God is at work in your life, writing a beautiful poem. And someday, because the life that you live today, people will hear about the things that God did for you. Isn't that amazing? That's what we have. 
being made in His likeness, in His image. These good works, really, good works that is being prepared beforehand, well, what? guess what? These good works will validate that the love of Christ is working in all of us. That His compassion has actually changed us, transformed us. If you knew me many years back, I, you know, you'd probably think, how can Pastor Saul be pastor? My high school friend is here, actually. He knows me. He knows me. And he knows my past. But because of the good work that God has started in my life, because of his love and compassion, slowly transforming me into something else. Good, I hope, you know, but yes, it is. Okay? But that's what it is. Spiritually dead people cannot do good works. Spiritually dead people cannot do works, good works because there is no purpose to doing good works. But if the life of Christ is living inside of us, if the love of Christ is living inside of us, His compassion, His love, His grace, then the good works is just happening naturally. So your acts of compassion now becomes natural. I like natural. I don't like synthetic or plastic. <laughs> we don't want that, right? How many of you like natural? Right? That's me. I like that natural thing. The natural tendency of a life that lived in Christ is a life of being compassionate and loving towards others. That's the kind of God we have living inside of us. Therefore, Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There's a new thing that God is doing in your life today. Will you allow Him? As I end, let me just read something. It's a quote says, it works play no part at all in securing salvation. We all know that. We are saved by grace, not by works, right? You cannot earn it. Okay? And this guy, Mr. Wood, says, but afterwards, Christians will prove their faith by their works. In other words, the evidence of Christ living inside of us is seen in the way we love other people. Amen? James chapter 2, verse 26 says, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. If you have Jesus in your life, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, then we ought to show our faith in our works, in our good works. Can we see Jesus' compassion in what we all do? And this is my main point. You see, the good news in us brings the good works out of us. Amen? Praise God. I'd like to call on Ray and the team. You know, um, we all know that our country is one of the poorest nations in the world. You all know this, right? We're a third world country. You all know how it was, right? And it is right now. According to CNN, the Philippines um, will still have to deal with a mass poverty of about 80% of its population. 80%. People are actually living under 5 US dollars a day. And approximately half of these people 
or 40% of them, they live daily to 2 US dollars. That's like 100 pesos a day. 100 pesos might be just a coffee for us or french fries. Mahal na yung french fries, di ba? Huh? Cheapy nga, mahal na eh. Tama ba? <laughs> favorite ba yung, de, favorite ni, ng wife ko yun. Cheese curls, mahal na ba? Haros pareho na din. Oh, wow. Now imagine that. Half of our Filipino people and half pala, 80% of our Filipino people, they live on 5 US dollars, 250 pesos. Half of this, 200, uh, half of this, the 40%, basically they live 2 US dollars, 100 pesos. And you look at their lives, they have 3 kids, 4 kids. May anim nga eh, living on 100 pesos. And that's why, you know, as, as, a, as a church, we need we need to understand the love of God that that you know that He has deposited in all of us. The compassion that God gave all of us, you and me, and the reason why we're here, we could still enjoy life. But eighty percent of them are still out there. Um, in two thousand three, um, Pastor um, Joey Castro, he he's a doctor actually, Doc Joey. He's from Baguio also, from where I come from. In 2003, he had a heart for, for the poor people. So he was looking, looking at the poor people, the poor kids, and he was thinking, what will I do with these poor, poor kids? What can I do? If I give them bread today, they'll just have bread today. If I give them for a, a week's supply of, of, you know, isang sakon ng kaban, isang kaban, siguro good for two months. But it will never, ever solve the problem. So as Pastor Joey was praying, he was he was asking, God, what can we possibly do? And then, then it came. The, the heart to really extend that, that love of God to these, to these poor, poor people. He thought about, you know, idea came, what about, what about giving them an education? Because most of our poor people have no good education. So now came Real Life Foundation, and we've been doing this for many, many years since 2003. And you see, I like to give a quote from Pastor Joey Bonifacio. Poverty is not just a physical state. Poverty is a spiritual condition. And you need to understand that even as, you know, we were given the great, the great commandment, right? What was the great, uh, the great commandment was to, I mean, sorry, the great commandment, the great commission, rather. Great commission says, honor God and make disciples, Right? talks about evangelism, right? Preaching the gospel, right? That's great. But there's another counterpart, the great commandment, which is the second greatest commandment, is to love your neighbor as yourself. And you see, this foundation came in with that, with that heart to help people in their education, to help people in their schooling, so that someday, someday, when they graduate, they can land in a good job and be able to alleviate the poverty that they are going through. And that's the heart of it. And to date, we have about 250 real-life scholars. We've got, I think we've graduated, if I'm not mistaken. We support, rather, 250 scholars. And, and that's the heart of this, this church. We want to be a blessing to the people. Amen? 
And through this, through this arm, Real Life Foundation, we've seen what can happen. We're reaching now many people. Not so many, but at least we're doing our part time to time. That's what we are doing today. So I want you to watch this video. Can we just, you know, show this video? It's a short video, a testimony. And I want you to listen. Lumaki ako sa isang malaking pamilya. Yung tatay ko nagtatrabaho sa bilang construction worker. Tapos yung nanay ko, tinutulungan siya sa pang-araw-araw namin na pangangailangan. Anim kami magkakapatid. Ako pang lima sa mga magkakapatid. Naalala ko may moment na kailangan kong like maglaka ng 30 minutes para lang makapasok. Kahit walang baon, papasok ako kasi gusto kong makapag-aral. Na kailangan namin mag-share sa isang pack ng noodles para lang makaraos ng isang araw. Dahil alam kami magkakapatid, yung panganay kong ate, yung kuya ko, hanggang sa pang-apat na kapatid, hindi na sila nakatapos ng pag-aaral. Meron kaming mindset yung kapag ipinanganak ang mahirap, mabubuhay ka na rin mahirap, and then mamamatay kang mahirap. So, nung high school na, nung pumasok na ako ng high school, nakilala ko yung isa kong Filipino teacher. Yung Filipino teacher na yon hindi lang siya basta-basta nag, ah, nagtuturo tungkol about dun sa topic ng Filipino, kundi nagsashare din siya paminsan-minsan about the gospel. And she even invited us na mag-join ng Bible study niya or Bible group. So one time, nag-join ako. Pero after noon, sinataguan ko na si Ma'am Lynn. Yung family namin, Catholic. Tapos yung kapatid ko naman, Iglesia ni Cristo. So para wag na akong makadagdag pa ng gulo dahil nga iba-iba na yung religion. Kaya sabi ko na lang kay Ma'am Lynn, dami ko na lang excuses na hindi ako pwede, assignment ako, makapag-excuse lang sa kanya. So, dumating yung point na parang nakulitan na, mako, nakulitan na ako kay Ma'am Lynn kasi paulit-ulit na siya nag-i-invite. So, nag-give na rin ako sa kanya finally. So, nag-join na ako ulit ng Bible study. Tapos, dumating sa, matel na rin ako ng Sunday service. Tapos, so, during one altar call, doon na nadurog yung puso ko na talagang miyak na ako na kailangan ko nang tagapin si Lord, si Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So, nung magka-college na ako, since alam ni Ma'am Lynn yung situation ko sa family background ko, uh, tinulungan niya rin ako na makonek sa Real Life Foundation. Then, eventually, I got the approval na maging scholar nga. Then, nakapasok ako sa PUP. I graduated as Corporate Business Management. And right after the graduation, I got a job. I was able to pursue my career. And then, nakita ko kung gano'ng ka-faithful si God sa buhay ko. And hindi lang sa buhay ko, pati na rin sa family ko. Nakita ko na may hope. Kasi yung kapatid ko, I was able to help them yung kapatid ko na makapag-aral. And at the same time, makapagtapos din. Then eventually, years after, I've seen myself in Dubai, working in a bank. And then eventually, I started leading a group, my victory group there and with uh, young professionals. I'm Elena Perez, and I've seen God's faithfulness to me and my family. And I remember this life verse that I always clam on to. James 1, 2-4, and it says there, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so you would remain complete and mature, not lacking of anything.
Let's give praise to our God. Hallelujah. See, that's the heart of, of real life. That's our heart as a church. Um, one, one life at a time. I don't know. It's going to be a long, it's about 80%. I don't know how, how many we can reach 80%. But if you do change a life, you actually are changing our nation. And that's, you know, I don't know how long, how far it will take to reach all the poor people of our, of our nation. But at least one day at a time, one scholar at a time, we can do that. And you see, I want to I wanna take this opportunity for all of us to understand this, that, you know, this is not just about getting one, one uh, student into school, but it's about discipling them, teaching them the gospel, preaching the gospel. Understand we're doing this on a, on a two-pronged approach. We help people, but we also preach the gospel. In fact, we help them more when we preach the gospel. Amen. So that's what we have.